Hello, and welcome to the fourth episode of the PC Gamer UK podcast. My name is Samuel Roberts, and I'm joined today by Phil Savage, deputy editor. Andy Kelly, features editor. Okay, so in the background of this episode, you may hear a drilling sound. That's because uh, there's some guys in high visibility jackets uh, who, uh, with uh, with with rough thumb calluses, who are uh, <laughs> who are drilling things in this building. And um, yeah, which so may- you'll, moment you'll periodically hear the sound of me- metallic groaning. I think the yeah. good news is, I think we've got the. The, the microphone problems we've had the last couple of episodes sorted now. I think we should all yeah. be around the same level. We've decided that. So instead, we thought drills. Hey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we think it's uh, sound issues are part of our USP now. Mm. Um, we just, <laughs> something has to be wrong with the sound every episode or it doesn't quite work. Yeah. Um, but we're going to get through our usual content. There'll just be some drills in the background. Um, but if, if for some reason the, the drilling hasn't been picked up, then you won't know what we're talking about. No, exactly. So. <laughs> if the drilling hasn't been picked up, you've got to subscribe to our drill DLC for yeah. extra, extra 20p. Some uh, some cracking satire right there. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry that, that sounded way more patronising than I wanted it to. Okay, cool. So uh, we've, we're going to go through some games and then go through some questions as we normally do. We still haven't really endeavoured to reinvent the podcast format yet because we're a bit too tired. Yeah, um, one day this will be life changing, but yeah. today is not that day. I like the idea of like debating a topic or something, but I've just I've not had many strong opinions lately. So <laughs> this uh, is the one we have with the face off every month. Is what are we going to talk about? I don't know. Ken versus Ashley. That wasn't that the last one we did as well. That was the last one we did. It was probably the most heated one as well. <laughs> yeah, it's like that was a, that was a proper issue, like Caden versus Ashley. And then Phil's in uh, Phil's pro Caden, right? And uh, I'm pro Ashley. I'm and not pro. Without Caden, going into I'm it, just again. less anti Caden than I am. I'll never really come to terms with the fact that I willfully let Caden die just because I wanted to sleep with Ashley. See, I, uh, I, I never felt good about that. No. Really? Okay. <laughs> Yeah. See, I, I, I kind of like uh, like George Costanza in uh, Seinfeld. I think what would he do, and that's exactly what he'd do, and he just <laughs> and he just live with it. So I, yeah. I, I'm, you know, I've I've gotten over that, and it's so, fine. You know, so many people did that because you're thinking by that point, you usually your romance with Ash is about to peak at the at the humping scene. So you're like, <laughs> so you're thinking, why are you taking some of the romance out? Of it? <laughs> <laughs> so you're thinking, do I let this boring guy who I don't really connect with on any level die, so I can see this? A bit of rufty, oh. <laughs> so that that yeah, I think a lot of people came to that decision for the same reason. Oh, I, I said this on Twitter, and a lot of people came out of the out of the shadows to go, "Yep, I did that as well." Exactly. Exactly. Only exactly. people who decided, I know, I'm gonna in this mad this this sort of wide ranging space adventure, I'm gonna choose to bonk the space racist. Yeah. Yeah, but like um, the the truth is, Phil, if you if in real life you had the choice between boring conversation uh, or sleeping with someone you liked, who who yes is a racist, <laughs> yeah. what would you what would you do? You know? Oh, we're getting good stage. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, let's uh, let's move on from this. That. Was and, a tangent. Uh, <laughs> so clearly that was a subject worth debating because it's been like almost nine years and we're still talking about yeah. it. But uh, anyway, the first game on our list this week is Hyperlight Drifter. Uh, which has been in development for a long time. Started off as a Kickstarter project. Um, looked like always looked like a mix between like a Zelda and Diablo, uh, with a really kind of quite distinctive, uh, colourful art direction. Yeah, I think it drew everyone's attention that Kickstarter because it looks beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And some, I, yeah. Some of those things you said are correct. Okay, <laughs> interesting. Tell me yeah. which bits weren't and which bits yeah. were. Well, the uh, Zelda comparison is fair. It has a similar. Um, sort of overworld with right. dungeons in it that you can approach in, in a sort of with a bit of freedom. Um, it looks beautiful. That's correct. It's probably artistically one of the best looking games I've played in 
a long time. It's stunning looking and sounding. It's got music by Disaster Peace. They did the Fez soundtrack, and it's very similar to the Fez soundtrack, but a bit more kind of ambient, and yeah, it's very good. But the aesthetic, as I said in my review, is a bit misleading because you look at it and think it's going to be like a fun kind of uh, Z yeah, Zelda-esque adventure where you, you know, where it's more about the explore exploration and sense of adventure, but really it's about combat. It's about really tough, challenging, almost non-stop combat, which I think a lot of people that I've spoken to and myself were quite caught off guard by. When I tried it in um, at GDC, uh, I've tried it a couple of GDCs now, actually. Like uh, it, uh, it, it reminded me of like a two D Devil May Cry, like um, particularly mm -hmm. Devil May Cry three, where you can uh, you can do that sort of like uh, skip dodge move, and then um, switch on the fly between your sets of weapons, and then you know uh, kind of combo them together in that fashion, like um, managing space around enemies, things like that. Um, is that still the case? Yeah, that's that's a fair comparison. Um, it's. It's kind of it's one of those combat systems that every enemy has a an easily exploitable pattern. Like there's one enemy where you attack them and then they do a really fast lunge forward immediately after. So obviously you train your brain to immediately attack and roll out of the way, attack roll out of the way, which is easy in and in and of itself. But then what the game does is it puts you in a really tight room mm -hmm. with four of those guys and three snipers who fire at you from afar Oof. and one other enemy type that does some other ludicrously. Um, kind of hard, hard to dodge moves. Yeah, like yeah. yeah, basically just a sort of aggressively, really aggressive AI. So it puts you in a room with all these enemies, and then even worse, you kill one enemy, and the room's layout will change. So if there was a yeah. wall protecting you from a line of snipers, you kill one enemy, and that wall will disappear. So sometimes this works really well, and you've got re this real satisfaction in going into one of these rooms, and with a sliver of health, just bossing it, killing everyone. Um, we duck in between with the dash move and like it feels really satisfying but to get to that stage you probably would have tried that room 20 times right um and when i reviewed it there was a really slow recovery animation after dying which to be fair they've really responded to really quickly and patched out you can now t press a button to skip that recovery animation mm -hmm. so they're on the ball with responding to people's criticisms. So, but even with that, it's one of those games that's tailored to people that are happy to sit and try something over and over again to get good at it. Mm. I'm not one of those people, um, but I also don't get on with Dark Souls for the same reason. So, if you if your brain is wired to get to glean satisfaction from seeing a challenge and doing it over and over again and mastering it, then Hyperlight Drifter is that is that type of game. Uh, if like me you have no patience and you just want to enjoy a game without having to devote tons of time to mastering it then maybe it's not for you so um when i was reviewing it although i could easily put myself in the the mindset of the dark souls player oh yeah of course um but for me personally it's it's not not really my my bag so yeah there's uh, regular combat is really nicely balanced in a lot of places where it feels like the challenge level is just about right um but bosses of course, have a massive sudden difficulty spike where you're now fighting a handful of regular enemies with a, a, a boss enemy with tons of health, a yeah. seemingly endless pool of health with um, a series of hard-to-avoid attacks, and then you just sort of go, yeah, I can see what they're doing here. They're, they're, they're making one of those games. Mm, yeah, yeah. Oh, That's where I've got to at the moment. Like, I was playing it a bit over the weekend, and I've just got to the first crow boss. The bird thing. priest the bird thing, yeah. The bird priest thing, yeah. yeah. And it was like, it's, it's a really good 
encounter in terms of like its attack patterns and stuff. There's some nice ideas there, uh, but it, God damn it, has a lot of health. Yeah, and like, it's just it's it's grueling. And I mean, and, and it, the, the problem comes in that you can master that attack cycle, sort of, over and over again and get it exactly right. But you've got to do it so many times. And if yeah. you, you know, if I master the attack cycle, that specific his specific attack patterns, get it all right four times in a row. You know, shouldn't that be enough to take a boss down? Yeah. But then you've got to do it again and again. Yeah. And some people like that. They like the fact that the tension and the, the fear of failure is constant and that you're repeating this pattern that you know so well, but you, the, the tension of I might fuck this up and die. Some people like that. I don't like that. Mm. I think, I don't think that respects your, your free time. <laughs> no, um, I, don't, I mean, I don't want to completely discount the idea of bosses at all in games but it, it seems like big health pool that you just have to whittle down slowly is, yeah. is a fairly poor way yeah. of so i think hyperlight drifter handles bosses quite yeah quite inelegantly they sort of just they just appear and suddenly the difficulty just shoots right up mm. you know um but again like i keep saying people are going to love that um so yes yeah, it's, it's really it's not what people thought it was going to be i think a lot of people on on twitter i talked to were expecting Zelda yeah. like a sort of an adventure across a beautiful world instead they got a grueling fast paced reaction timing patience based combat game yeah. so I was a little disappointed with that personally I, I was more, I wanted to enjoy that world but frequently it wouldn't let me because mm -hmm. it was like I'd hit some brick wall and find it too hard to and if I wasn't reviewing it, I probably would have given up in the first hour. But, That's interesting. Um, your, your point about boss battles, actually, I, I do. I I do think there is a place for boss battles. Like Capcom used to do really good ones. Um, and when you think of something like Devil May Cry, where you um you you do figure out the weaknesses of it and then plan your strategy around that, yeah. um, it's really satisfying to do so. Um, same with Bayonetta and you know games like that. Uh, but like uh, I, I agree, there's a, a games with a lot of bad ones. Um, yeah, well, I think that there's a difference between boss design and. Some developers think a boss should just be an enemy that has a massive deep pull, pull of health, yeah. yeah, which is just the the you know the, the lowest hanging fruit in terms of boss design. Yeah, some developers see a boss as a combination of skills you've learned up until that point, so it'll teach you skills and then you'll get to the boss and then you'll have to use them at a high level. And in some games, um, like in all Metal Gear Solid games, use bosses as like a sandbox to yeah. play with the game systems. Mm. So of all the types, the worst one is obviously the, the deep pool of health. But I don't think Hyperlight Drifter falls into the latter two categories either. I think it, it doesn't really, it's not, it doesn't feel like a, uh, an end point of the skills you've learned up to that point. It just feels like suddenly you're fighting a really hard enemy. Yeah, yeah. it seems like bosses work west, best when they're like, yeah, when they're sort of puzzles to an extent or they, they draw on things that you've been learning and ask you to push your skill to an, you know, an extra level. But that's that's about discovering that pattern, and that's about sort of learning the skills and applying sort of these new lessons into into a practical application. The problem then becomes when you do that and you figure it out, but it's not enough to have figured it out. It's also about then just repeating the same actions over and over again. I think a lot of it's the same with a lot of puzzle design as well. It's more interesting to learn something and to <coughs> sort of figure something out than it is to keep doing it over and over like that, yeah. that's that's one of my main problems with say the witness is that it comes up with these really elegant ideas and you learn them really well like in in a, in a really sort of natural interesting way and then you've got to do the same thing 20 times yeah it's like that's less fun now yeah hmm. yeah i think some similar feelings to some 
elements of Hyperlight Drifter. But yeah, it's it is a good game though. Like it, it's just not it, it's a it's a game aimed at a certain group of people, which is why I couldn't fully recommend it. Because right. I know for a fact that people a lot of people won't get on with it because of its design philosophy, which is you know uh, as the internet would say, get good. Um, so. If, if, you, if, you, awful, <laughs> if you if you if you have the have to, <laughs> have to think about them if you have the fortitude and the, the will and the lack of respect for your own free time to get good <laughs> yeah that's quite a caveat i, I right say that there. half jokingly oh, yeah. i've not seen anyone that gets good as wasting their time but to me but it feels, people it feels who then tell like other it. people to get good they yeah can, they so can it, do yeah it's like it, any criticism of hyperlight drifters difficulty i've seen on forums and stuff has been met with the usual usual response of get good but i mean that's just a very reductive way of looking at is at, at, at game design is it like these days you can't you can't criticize any game for being hard ever yeah because, because you're yeah. just rubbish at it but yeah there's always going to be someone who's really good at, at a game that you aren't and that's just a one of the one of the issues with reviewing games things like hyperlight and stuff like dark souls and that kind of show that people don't often criticize a game for being too hard but it's how that difficulty is applied it's very important yeah and the lessons you learn mm, interesting so yes yeah, it's, it, it's play it but it's good but with some pretty big caveats i will say, say if it doesn't sound like your thing at least watch the intro on youtube or something because that introduction yeah. just like the opening cutscene is it's, stunning yeah. it's brilliant it's, yeah wow. i've watched like, it so many times it's really really good wow just, just from like an art perspective but a sound yeah. perspective well the sound design and the music yeah. coming through there is it's amazing. really like abstract and surreal and weird and it doesn't really tell you anything but the imagery is really striking is that the guy some the um artistically and, sto- and story-wise it's inspired by like Studio Ghibli films and you do get that feel where it's quite um, evocative and, yeah, it's all these and dreamlike and textless pictures that don't make much sense and a lot of yeah. all that, that feeds through to the UI and stuff as well like you unlock things then you don't really understand what that is yeah I keep getting picking up these yellow things that make a square oh I yeah don't, see, I don't even know what that is yeah yet. that's that's currency to buy upgrades oh, so okay. you go back to the village in the heart oh. of the map you can spend those little coins and upgrades so yeah it, that's what it's one of those games that doesn't tell you anything about its world or its um basic systems yeah, yeah it doesn't tell you anything it doesn't anything. tell you anything about yeah. it shopping that's see again I, I quite like that i like being asked to feel like a stranger in a strange place and trying to figure out the rules of, an, of a new of a, of a different world but yeah again some people might struggle with that there's a lot of people complaining on forums saying what do i do just tell me what to do <laughs> whereas some people are like no i you know, that the point is you're supposed to figure it out, and I, I actually agree that that's the one thing I really like about it is that it, it's unwillingness to tell you everything. Yeah, I met uh, I think it's Alex from Heart Machine, mm-hmm. the, de- the developer, and um, he was uh, very like insistent on the less we tell you, the better it is. And yeah. like, uh, yeah, I'm glad to hear that's paid off in some capacity, even if Phil doesn't know what money is. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. All right, I might give that a go. Isn't there a co-op mode as well? Is that right? No. Okay. For some reason, I thought they were, I did. Yeah. I definitely tried it in co-op. Maybe the. Oh, I, think it's like, I think it's like a wave-based like mode. Like it's not like I don't think it's the full game. It's just like one. Oh, I wonder if they're adding that later or something. As yeah. This, this might have also just been something they they built to show off the GDC yeah. build a few years that ago. That could work actually. Like I can I can picture that working quite mm. well. But yeah. Mm. Interesting. Not that I saw. No. Okay. All right. Cool. Um. Okay. So the next game we're going to talk about is Doom, uh, which is coming out in May. Uh, long time in the works, and yeah. it, it sounds like Phil. Doom is now a secret numbers game. Is that the case? <laughs> well, yes and no. 
uh, they're not secret numbers. They're, they're very visible. Um, <laughs> prominent numbers. They're prominent numbers. Yeah, uh, Doom is a very, very weird thing. Obviously, this is just the multiplayer beta that we've had access to over the weekend, and I've played a few hours of it. And mm, mixed thoughts. Like, on the one hand, it's quite nice to have that arena shooter-style thing again, just to be in a multiplayer space and have to run around and pick up armor and health and stuff off the ground. That's such a strange thing for a game to ask you to do but it works it's um it, yeah it's really good it's much better I, I i much prefer that and how you meant to do that than the whole kind of just go and hide off for a bit while the blood jam kind of clears from your eyes <laughs> yeah you i think know. yeah there's uh, yeah it's, it was never there's a sort of logic to it in uh, certain first person shooter games where it just uh, for a game like that as well where you need the pace it kind yeah. of makes sense right yeah exactly and it, and it makes you think about the map and the placement and you know you, you've got to divert your plans on the fly and think okay well if I go through this route I can recover my health it's not it's not just this all or nothing kind of assault um, but also um, D- Doom isn't just that kind of like it's a very Quake style game it's not very Doom style I don't think because I mean the first Dooms you could play just with a keyboard you didn't need mouse yeah, you yeah. couldn't play this with a keyboard that'd be mad yeah um so yeah it's perhaps more quake but on top of that you've got a lot of these very modern ideas so you've got loadouts like class loadouts you can pick your which guns you spawn with Eesh, how's that yeah yeah i don't think it works personally uh some people have argued me and tom senior put a post on friday we're just going over mostly our problems with the game uh, and a few people kind of disagree with some of them especially weapon balance and that which is fair enough because we've only played a few hours or whatever but yeah you, you can choose like what the, the first default class is you just spawn with the rocket launcher which is a rocket launcher like that's in in an arena based game the rocket launcher is always one of the higher ends of the power yeah, curve you're like, supposed to learn where it is and that's you're supposed to yeah. learn where it is and you're supposed to sort of fight to get it to be yeah. the one to pick that up because then you just go you skip up to the top of that power and if you're good with it if you get good yeah. Then. <laughs> oh, we have to ban that phrase. That's, should. A, that's the name of the podcast, isn't it? Yeah, ban no, get no. good or something like that. Yeah. I will never get good. <laughs> yeah. Um But yeah, then you you know, you're a force to be reckoned with. Uh but here you just sort of start with that. And that has an effect on how good the rocket launcher is. So a direct hit with the rocket launcher does fifty five, which is it's out of what, 100? Out of 100. It, it's, it, your maximum health is 100 as far as I could work out. And yeah, so so two direct hits with the rocket launcher and you're down. But, you know, splash damage or stuff, but you'll get maybe a 19 sometimes or a 6. And yeah, it's very strange being in that um, context and having the sort of numbers thing. Because the numbers thing always implies to me, oh, we're an RPG. It's, yeah. it's what Borderlands does. It's what... Um, does the division do it? It does, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Generally, like a lot of the time, it can mean our combat's not quite as good as it should be. But don't worry, we're an RPG and there are stats. Right. But this is Doom. There shouldn't be stats in Doom. Doom is not a stats game. Doom is a shooting people game. Yeah, so it's one of those things where I kind of wonder that back in the day, it would it wouldn't have greatly improved uh, any of the Quake games to have uh, that in there, right? To have numbers flying no, I, off you. I don't. I don't actually know why they're needed. Like, if you take them away, you, you know, you you just go by what you go. By. You, you know, if you if you're having a fight with somebody, you're just going to continue to shoot. Maybe they've them. done like because there is some satisfaction in numbers pinging out of an enemy. 
and maybe they've done some sort of focus group where they're like people like what I quite like is like yeah. so so when I play TF2 or whatever I've got it set to ding whenever you do add damage to an enemy because I just use that to sort of practice and get better at that was yeah. that yeah, that was in my process of getting good yeah. getting getting <laughs> yes at, uh, TF2 was having you know that that kind of uh, damage signal because if you're playing as the scout it's quite handy to learn the spread yeah. of the shotgun that sort of thing and when you've got like uh, when you do mini crits and TF2 you yeah, see yeah, the, yeah. the little it's, red it's numbers nice coming to out have the, yeah the, the, the kind of feedback there it, yeah. it's just a text saying it's just text saying crit it's not even a number it just and, and there's yeah. a sound thing as well like that's quite nice visual feedback to what you're doing whereas numbers I think just kind of makes it all very academic and it also kind of reduces a lot of what you think about the weapons because there's a plasma gun Uh, the default loadout is a rocket launcher and a plasma gun and the plasma gun if you get a direct hit is like a 6 and that could be quite useful in certain situations like the plasma gun is probably very good in certain situations but you see a 55 and you see a 6 and you just think well this gun's a load of shit Why, why would I use that so you don't, yeah. And hmm, I, I, I'm unsure about that. But you know, the thing that bothers me about the numbers is I don't like the font they've used on the numbers. Mm, I think that's, that's a perfectly good criticism. It's not a good font, honestly. Oh. It looks like it looks a bit clip arty for my liking. Uh, a bit um, fonts.com. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just I don't know. I feel like it should be more lethal and it should be more. Fast-paced and this sort of, you know, it's an arena mode. You should be in this arena and battling against other players who are completely deadly and stuff. That's that's sort of part of the appeal of that mode. I I quite like the idea that of uh, in those older first or any first-person shooters, just you get to internalize what certain things do in terms of damage, so you know what to avoid. And I like the idea of just learning that by doing, as opposed to looking out for specific numbers. I'm not sure that works in that context because I I don't know. I just think the numbers are misleading in a lot of ways as well. Like I I don't know. It seems like it's such a weird thing to do. I don't. I don't quite understand it. But that's only kind of one element of what it does. You've got the loadouts. You've got the numbers. You've also got a leveling up system. So you gain XP, Call of Duty style, oh, and you level up and you unlock. I mean, some of it's just skins or whatever, but some yeah. of it's like weapons. And it feels wrong, doesn't it? Um, mm. Do you remember Titanfall had these burn cards that you unlocked that you ah, could apply? Yeah. It's got those as well. Um, they're called like hacks or something, um, and they'll give you. You select them when you die. You can choose to activate one, and it'll last for so long. And you unlock those through leveling and through stuff as well. And it's just, it seems like every system they could think of has just been piled into this one thing. Is that because they don't have the confidence to think to release an old, a, a genuinely old school arena shooter in, in yeah, a time maybe, when they have they, to make money? Maybe they think it won't have like the sticking power. You know, you've got to have this kind of. Uh, I, don't, I can't remember what they call it, but you know, this idea of of getting players to sort of come back and not trading games and stuff like that. Yeah. Part of that was developing like these really kind of um, lasting multiplayer experiences. But then, like Titanfall but, had a, all that, all these features. And yeah, yeah, I, I think in a lot the of cases they can actually was, yeah. really hurt a game now because people have got their lasting multiplayer experiences and they come in the form of like a Call of Duty or a Battlefield. Like there are big names that only exist to provide that experience. It'd be yeah. nice if it had like a classic mode where you could just play... Yeah, that'd be great. Um... Hey, Drill. Okay. <laughs> I'm leaving all this in. <laughs> okay, good. All right. Um, <laughs> it would be it would be nice if we had a classic mode that had that that sort of like uh, just a, just none of that in there. We could disable all the classes and all the numbers and just yeah, like yeah, why that must be people. easy to do. Like, why don't they have that for yeah. the naysayers? Isn't, isn't the new Unreal <laughs> Tournament like 
like an old school first yeah, yeah, person yeah, shooter like, as well. I think Unreal Tournament is a much better proposition as that type of game because it is just an Unreal Tournament game. Like it's exactly what you want. Um, just looks really nice. You know what we've got? What I thought the new Doom was going to be just sort of like it's like yeah. old Doom, but we made it new and fancy, yeah. like Wolfenstein was to some extent. You know, it's got taunts in it. Mm. I, I saw a yeah, video on Reddit of a guy um, using a taunt at a very specific moment that he actually dodged a bullet. Like he, the character animation like weaved his body just out of the way of a bullet. So I don't know if that's a feature or a, something yeah, patch a, a, out, They are things that, as far as I can tell you, unlocked with the leveling system as well. Some of it screams, hey, we're going to have a sort of microtransaction yeah. store. That's going to get punched out. were very it? much like a Destiny-style thing as well. That, like that, yeah. that game's whole microtransaction system came with taunts and stuff. Same with TF2 and that. Extra taunts usually means you got to pay some money. And I don't know that that's the case here, but it kind of seems like, why wouldn't it be? But is, is it a fun shooter to control, though? Uh, How's the character movement, is it? Okay, so um, it's probably quicker than you would get with most modern shooters. It's not quite Doom speed, and Doom wasn't even the quickest of those old-school, like proper old-school FPSs. Like, yeah. Um, Comparisons to things like uh, was it Shadow Warrior and uh, Rise of the Triad always felt a lot faster and about that. Doom was a bit more methodical while still being quite a pacey thing. Uh, this is slower still, but there are elements I quite like. Um, you've got a double jump. I'm always a fan of having a double jump in whatever situation. There's also some really nice mantling-like animations. So, so you, you can actually kind of escape from an encounter uh, over like a chasm or whatever and usually if you think you're falling to your death you can in some way kind of get out with an, with your extra jump with your mantling or whatever so that makes the momentum and the movement quite nice mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure what purpose all of that is yet because a lot of the maps don't I don't know, they don't flow in a particularly interesting way and some of that kind of builds into like the modes so there's two modes, team deathmatch is fine you know, two, pe two teams kill each other a lot, great the other one, I think it was called Warpath, and it's kind of a control point. But the single control point moves around the map, and you have to try and fight over to capture it. And it's just, it's, I don't know, it feels very underwhelming, because there's no kind of natural flow to the level. The control point is just randomly somewhere moving around in a circle. Hmm. It's like the, there's no flow, whereas if you think about things like Capture the Flag, or that kind of, or even, you know, like point-based control point things, you're always pushing towards something. I mean, like payload in TF2, it's like a similar feeling. It's one thing that moves across the map, but it moves towards a specific point, which is the enemy's base. Whereas this just feels a bit random. Mm. Wow, okay, interesting. So, so not not a real slam dunk. Then. Sorry, I was just going to say, like, there seems to be a lot of these games coming out now. We've got Doom, we've got Unreal, we've got Clifford B's thing, which is, a, which is an, an arena thing. We've got um, Strafe, and there's another indie arena one as well, so it seems to be like the the year of the of the arena shooter. I'm calling it. Yeah, that's fair enough. I, didn't, I must admit, I didn't hear a lot past Clifford B then, because I was just sort of, I've never heard him call Clifford B before. That's what I call him. <laughs> he doesn't like Cliffy B, and uh, so I thought I'd uh, formalise it a bit more. Oh, like Clifford good. B. Clifford that's fair enough. It's not 2006 anymore, I guess. You know, Clifford yeah. B. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Clifford B. Um, okay, all right, interesting. Yeah, um, so I'm going to do, like, to an extent, I'm, I'm more interested in seeing what Doom will do as a single-player game. Um, yeah, because uh, Wolfenstein-like, I kind of just want a nice sort of pastiche that looks good. Yeah, um, I don't think it will quite be Wolfenstein good. There's something about it, like, it's had a very long and turbulent development history. And Machine Games could have done a, an amazing Doom campaign, like, really tongue-in-cheek yeah. and, yeah. and, yeah, that would have been really good. Hmm. I'm still intrigued to see what it turns out. I mean, I, I'm up for Definitely, playing a really yeah. nice, chunky, 
good looking first person shooter we just sometimes just saw a dude in half because it's like yeah I'm doing that that's, yeah. that's I think that would be interesting I just don't think the multiplayer is going to be what keeps us all mm. like, it's like Unreal Tournament you I mean you can just download that now it's free it will always be free and it looks it amazing it seems like all their store stuff is related only to skin there's no like XP unlocks or anything like that um, so yeah that, that just seems like a. it seems like they're, they're venturing too much into that territory but they're doing it in such a kind of it, it's such half steps that why why not just take the whole plunge and find something that is actually committed to being what it is? Yeah, yeah. Oh, damn it. Mm. Well, uh, mm. we'll see how that turns out. They're not long to wait now. It's out in May, isn't it? Yep. Mm. Okay, cool. All right, and so uh, yeah, uh, we were going to talk about Dark Souls, but um, Tom Senior isn't here today, so we'll definitely talk about that on a future episode. Yeah, we, so. could, we could talk about Dark Souls anyway, but we'd do a hash of it. Cause we yeah, haven't as we've it. established, um, it's not. Do any of us, <laughs> any of us like Dark Souls games? Yeah, neither uh, of us have the temerity to get good. It's so. a, that's it. It, it also <laughs> sounds exhausting. At, <laughs> it sounds exhausting at this point to get through them all as well. It's like, oh, I'm on the third one. It's like, how how do you even finish one of those? Yeah, imagine like, like when I'm going to replay. I'm going to go Demon Souls, Dark Souls, Dark Souls Two, Bloodborne, Dark Souls Three. You'd be, you know, you'd be a fried wreck of a human after it. <laughs> yeah, this is this is for the truly committed. I got um, two bosses into uh, Bloodborne, and I don't want to play it ever again. Yeah, I did about the same. Uh, it's not. I didn't want to play it. It's just like, I mean. I've got a lot of parsnips to water in Stargy Valley, and yeah. <laughs> that, I'm going to find that a much more pleasant experience. Than... You've been playing more of that, have you? Oh, I'm a year in now. I've, Every time I've... I turn around on a lunch break, it's on your monitor, so I can tell you, you're deep in that. Oh, you've it's... kept that quiet, Phil. Yeah, no, it, it's been my day. I've got a, the, I'm now playing in the next issue. The, the issue we're making now will reveal my my year of Stargy Valley. I'm a good 30-plus hours in at this point. It's been... 30 hours? Yeah. Whoa! It's you could have a... finished... Uh, Five, three FPS campaigns in that time, <laughs> pretty much, or, or two <laughs> bosses in a Dark Souls. It's <laughs> been the first game this year that's properly got me. That's probably sort of sunk its teeth into me. That's, so. that's interesting because we talked when we talked about it a few weeks ago. You just sounded like, oh yeah, this is nice, but I probably won't pay it. You know, no mind. And then here we are now. Mm. It's taken over thirty hours. That's not insignificant, you know. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know how much more I've got in because I'm getting to the point where I've sort of done a bit enough of everything to have seen all the systems and started to complete some of them. Mm. I think maybe there's like another couple of like another half year in game in me but that's that might be it at that point there should be a mode like animal crossing where the season shift reflects real life to really drag it out so that to see winter you have to wait till winter they should okay, have done. Yeah, that would yeah, have been cool. Like, or chess, change your computer clock, you know. Yeah. yeah. People would do that for sure. But that was always cool with Animal Crossing. You'd go, right, I'm bored of Animal Crossing now, but you go, but then I can come back in autumn and there'll be loads of new like, events and stuff. Yeah, it was like summer, the fishing tourney. But um, yeah. I suppose it's got no shortage of things to do. Yeah, anyway, on the right? one hand, that, that, that would be interesting from like a kind of, from, from a certain perspective. On the other hand, I'm quite happy to have this kind of intense compact experience yeah. and then move on because <laughs> the option would be nice but yeah. because I've got sucked into MMOs before so yeah. I know what it's like to have a game that won't ever go away or leave you alone are, are you yeah. married in it Phil is that a thing no no I've still mostly ignored almost all of the villagers wow he's a you're about career at the moment not yeah, settling I'm, down. I'm all about kale and I don't care about people <laughs> Are the um uh, the, the residents in the town get on your nerves after a while or like uh... they they're, they're quite robotic like most of them have only got a few lines here and there that they'll just repeat over and over um there are like special scenes that you get with them once you reach a certain heart level like once you reach certain 
every increment, every like two heart increment, you get another scene with them. Or something. I noticed that when I <laughs> put it I've briefly, got that with two people. So does right. that let you into their bedrooms? Because I was trying to get into everyone's bedroom, and it went. You do not know Jimmy. Yeah, you've got to be to at least like room. two hearts with them to get uh, into their bedroom to sort of slip in there. Like life. <laughs> yeah, like life. It, yeah. <laughs> I love that there's someone trying that in real life. Just say no, 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 no. Right. If we get along better, you can yeah, see you the can inside of that. You know? <laughs> Once we're at two hearts, mate. Once you've gifted me some honey, then oof. okay, then well, you'll see. Well, we'd, you're not tempted to mess around with mods, grow Charmanders, or whatever. Uh, a lot do. of the mods, I mean, are quite. <laughs> so obviously, most of them are follower based in that kind of creepy Skyrim way you get, where uh, everybody's made it like a lot of modders have made a Lydia mod that just gives her less clothes and more makeup. What? But it's a 2D sprite. Oh, no, I'm talking, I'm talking about Skyrim. Lydia and Skyrim. Oh, right, sorry, yeah, yeah sorry, I was going to say. But that's a, there's sort of a lot outrage. of that where, so there's like, oh, replace all the follow character portraits with uh, anime portraits, or replace all the character portraits with portraits that me, the person who made them, so thinks just, is a little more attractive. Yeah. Oh, dear. It's like that, um, there's Twitter that famous Half-Life 2 mod that... Um, oh, the Alex one. The, the one, the one that's, yeah. that's just a, a, a kind of... Uh, a fully kind of Half-Life 2 optimization thing that goes creepily deep on how good Alex looks. Yeah, because suddenly like her um, her, top, her hoodie she wears is like mm. unzipped and she's got a massive and just gleaming like blue eye shadow Jesus. and yeah. blusher and everything. And, oh, and her jeans are just slightly double. lower. Just some guy sat and like modelled down and went... <laughs> just get on Tinder for Christ's yeah. sakes. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> But okay. it's all—it totally like doesn't betrays the character as well. That's why I hate—I hate mods that like sort yeah. of change the art style and fundamentally like ruin the the mood. I'm not down with that. No, I'm a bit like that too. I think we talked about this a bit last time. Yeah, we, we did. Like, yeah. Uh, we're just sort of like, uh, yeah. See, I like the game as it was originally intended to be. When I say the Charmander mod, I—I uh, was—I meant that jokingly, you know. There is um, a Charmander mod, though, isn't there? For start, you can replace... you can change the animals too. Yeah, yeah. but why yeah. would you want to? You know, the like, uh, yeah, <laughs> animals don't really do anything either. Like the chickens and cows give you produce but your dog is a completely pointless yeah. addition and like yeah. it, it it just sort of runs around like an idiot yeah no, it's very dog like like a respect. dog yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also i don't want a charmander laying eggs that doesn't sound good it's does it canon. That's, a, that's not it's not canon i suppose you have a chancy that's a bit more makes a bit more sense anyway getting away <laughs> disrespecting someone that's for sure. <laughs> uh, sure we get some angry twitter responses about it uh no probably not bring um, it on Okay, cool. So the last game I wanted to talk about is You Must Build a Boat, um, which we talked about on the Lost podcast, which none of you ever heard. So I'm going to stop talking about it. It'll be released on a bootleg album in 20 years. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and so uh, basically this game came out uh, last year on PC, and I've admittedly been playing it on iPad, Mm. so I've been traveling in the last week. And it's kept me sane during some of the least sane times of, of my professional life. Like, uh, it's been a bit of an intense uh, seven days. And, like, um, it is a match three game that has, like, a procedurally generated kind of, like, dungeon combat uh, bent to it. Along with um, this kind of, like, meta game where you're building this boat, as the title mm. suggests. The more levels you clear, the more kind of characters you get to join your boat. And then you, uh, you yeah, and then the, the aim is to, I don't know what, like, uh, fly away or something or float away and there's no real goal to it it's more like build a real boat yeah it's kind of like a kind of weird noah's ark and then you you start getting rooms where there's a guy who's got like dumbbells there who'll sell you um like he'll get followers to join you there's a disco room with a blob in it where and and he'll um let you sell your items that you've accumulated throughout Mm. the level and it's just this whole this boat of oddballs that you kind of build up and and it, it looks nicer and nicer it goes from this tiny little uh like a uh, like a dinghy to uh, like a, a full-blown like a galleon with like masts and sails and stuff 
And that journey, I, I finished the whole thing, and I, I, I loved it. We gave, I think, um, Jodie McGregor reviewed it for us and gave it seventy five percent, which I, 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 I guess personally, I might give a little bit higher, but um, it's you know, his reviews mostly spot on, and so like, um, yeah, it's it, it's it's really cheap on Steam too. I think it's like five dollars or was, three quid. It was cheap enough that when when you mentioned it on Twitter, I just bought it outright. I yeah, it's about three pounds or so price where you don't have to think about it much i, I must admit it's, it straddles that line between i don't know how good this is versus i've just become obsessed with a match three game um but like um the the art direction is really really nice and it's uh there's a, there's a nice kind of feedback to the lining up three spell moves and then hitting them with spell and you know sword moves like, there's a good there's good feedback to it for is sure it, is it that sort of the way, the way that it ties into the combat is, is that the reason you got into it like over maybe other match three games like buy this one and not bejeweled I must admit I, I, I love the oddness of the world that he's built like how your 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 boat has got like mummies on it and orcs and like um when the when you move to a different place like the the, the, the when you were going up the river, the river's got like ancient Egypt on it, uh, Vietnam, I think, and then like a real random mix of places. Then like the modern worlds, and the final level is like an art gallery. Um, yeah, it's a it's a odd mix of locations, and in a way that I, I find very I find quite charming and compelling. Like um, it's like this is my boat of oddballs, and I've got a weird pride in it. I'm like, yeah, we're gonna build this boat, then we're gonna do whatever it is we do with the boat. And uh, yeah, that journey has been quite compelling, and I really do recommend it. I think it's fantastic for three quid. That's yeah. properly good. Yeah, and it's got quite nice music as well. It's got chip tune music that might get on people's tits a bit, but um, it's it quite it, nice. It repeats quite a lot. <laughs> it does. Yeah, there's like three combat tracks, yeah. and then and that might drive you mad. But I've admittedly had it on. Well, I've been playing it whilst I've been watching the People versus OJ on BBC iPlayer, <laughs> which um, which to be honest, you can you can watch with two thirds of your attention. I yeah. think, and so um, yeah, it's been kind of perfect on that. Level. It's like you what you turn right, David Schwimmer's you know yeah. saying juice and then uh, <laughs> or talking to the Kardashians in a really contrived way, and then I'm going through Vietnam in a you know, and then getting a mummy on my boat. Like it's 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 been a it's been a weird few days, but um yeah, it's a it's a it's a good match for uh mainlining TV shows that that don't require your full attention. Mm. Like the West Wing Phil. Yeah. Yeah. I, that that's a reference to uh anytime I had to do an MMO review in uh, in the days when I was a freelancer, uh, I, I would have to put on The West Wing or some other TV show I'd watched a lot of, just as kind of background ambience to get me through grinding over and over again. Like Terror was hellish for it because it's it's a pretty looking thing. It's got a nice combat system, but goddamn, that is a very kind of very unambitious game in terms of missions and stuff. So I got through about three seasons of The West Wing while doing that. Nice. Yeah, I say like um, anything that isn't on HBO, uh, you can mostly get away with. I think. Um, like I'd say, I know Louis requires your full attention. Oh yeah, yeah. Lost or Alias, they're perfect for uh, if you're playing something else. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't do Deadwood and <laughs> The Sopranos. Well, yeah, the um, Black Rose Online or whatever the new <laughs> thing is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm not going to do the Old Republic and. Narcos on Netflix. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, but no, I, I really do recommend that for the for the price. Um, yeah, I uh, I should, might go back and play the developer's previous game, which is called One Million or something. I think. Oh yeah, I vaguely remember that. Hmm, interesting. Okay, cool. Uh, we'll be back after the break with more drilling and yes. uh, and some reader questions.
Welcome back. Here are some reader questions. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we put a call out on Twitter, but if you want to ask us any questions, you can email us at pcgamer at futurenet.com. Uh, you can also tw- uh, tweet any of our individual accounts, which we'll go out give out at the end of the show. But like you, uh, you probably know at this point what they are. Yeah, I suggest um, not just directly tweeting the at PC Gamer account because he'll get lost in the morass. Get lost because <laughs> yeah. because we're a multimedia pop culture phenomenon. It's quite hard to keep on top of all of this stuff. So uh, yeah, um, while podcast is one of the mediums we've conquered, we've got uh, you know we've got many others twitter and it's just it's it's just really busy man you know yeah, really yeah. Hard. the process of being experts at literally every type of media publishing is <laughs> you can also leave exhausting. questions on the um episode posts himself on pcgamer.com oh yeah but uh yeah uh so cool our first question then is uh this was sent on april the first for some context but considering what day it is what's your favorite april fool's joke this year and i don't think there were any good ones um what do you think no there's um, never any good ones. I, <laughs> I included this so we could kind of rail against so the whole concept rap, of April Fool's yeah. Day. Which I, sanctioned bad joke day. Yeah. Low-hanging fruit day. Yeah, press release nonsense day. brand bands day. Yeah, when, <laughs> when brands paid large amounts, amounts of money to do 3D mock-ups of amusing products that, that, don't, <laughs> that don't even garner a sharp exhale of breath for the nose, <laughs> let alone a chuckle. Yeah, I, I felt like this year as well. I feel like people are really kind of more more aware of the cynicism than ever. Yeah, I only saw one major website do an April Fool's joke, and that was IGN. Like, I think websites doing April Fool's joke is sort of beyond the pale because, like, if it's a place <laughs> where you're actually meant to get your news, if you, and I'm not going to target IGN specifically here because that would be bad form. I thought that I thought that their choice of joke was like was completely right for their audience. I didn't, but, like, I didn't um, see it to be fair, but I, I did. Like I spent the day looking searching Google for Half Life Three just to see what, just to see which <laughs> websites thought like little blogs thought it'd be. Fun what was that one you tweeted? It was so by the numbers, no effort whatsoever. Yeah, it was just literally just oh Half Life Three coming in twenty seventeen. That's not a joke. That's just misinformation. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's, that's lying to your audience. There's like less than no effort required to come up with that like yeah less than zero effort yeah it's like that that's not a that's a mass misleading or just like deceiving rather than being an actual joke and i'm not saying that as a man who doesn't understand comedy hey i get comedy right i've already talked about how i like louis you know (laughs) um but like uh, it's that thing where it's just if someone drains your bank account and you go to take some money and it goes oh your funds are empty and someone goes april fools yeah is that then a joke because someone said april fools at the end it's like those news uh those uh, parody news sites, not The Onion, but ones that post like semi plausible stories that then mm. get shared around and fool people into thinking they're real. Yeah. And they'll do like really harrowing stuff, like, you know, 10 people killed in an airport bombing. <laughs> it's just a joke. Like, that's not humour. That's that's what April Fool's is. It's a, a whole day of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to defend April Fool's slightly here, which I feel I'm allowed to do because as uh, a former <laughs> news editor, I've seen the worst of April you, Fool's. You've been through some shit. to cover it as well, which is the worst. This year I was actually able to sort of sit back a bit, get some distance, but there were a couple that I thought, eh, they were pretty good. That's yeah, amusing. there were some that were rounded up on our site, which I thought were quite good, actually. Um, yeah. Blizzard always are always good at this because they're very good at tailoring a joke to their community um like some of their stuff fell a bit flat but there was one they did that was just fake patch notes for world of warcraft and it was just more than a page of funny jokes about that game it was just jokes for that community referencing things like the much requested features and stuff like that all with like quite a a light touch it's not a thing that was designed to trick people it was a thing that just to, to sort of celebrate with the community a bit about this big, silly game that they all like. You know what, actually, there was one good 
April Fools. I, I take everything everything I said back. <laughs> well, slightly, but Sean Murray of um, Hello Games tweeted. Um, he went, "A oh, long night of coding, but um, the microtransactions are finally working." And that got some. <laughs> I got people that boiled some some piss to use a term from another website. That's that not got bad. people real angry because a lot of the comments were like, "Sin." Is that not just the lying to people for fun thing, though? No, because it because it. The, jo- the joke is their reactions, I think, which, yeah, uh, which the, is worth it's worth it just to piss those people off. I think, yeah, because <laughs> well, people who don't want microtransactions, <laughs> but it's yeah, fuck get, those guys. It's not plausible, though. It. I don't think. I think with those rubbish news sites, they do stuff that's semi plausible. But the the idea of Hello Games putting microtransactions in that game is totally implausible. So I think it, it counts mm, as a joke. Yeah. So it's not. I'd say that April Fool's Day in, on the list of days. Uh, is below Blade Runner Day and above Back to the Future Day. Definitely That's what, above yeah. Back to the Future Day. That yeah. was the lowest moment in human history. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. And it'll be back again this year. But what else could they do? They I don't do, know. Yeah. Can't. They, I mean, surely they can't. On this Back to the Future Day, I'm going to go to every HMV with a mallet and destroy all the Blu-rays there. <laughs> I'm going to delete the film from history like, <laughs> like Biff. I'm going to... That's what, that's what I'll do. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. Um, so what's your advice on when to purchase VR? Go for it now or wait a year. That's from Mr. Wright, who clearly doesn't have the answers here. So is I don't know. Mr. Indecisive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, I, I, we talked about this a bit. I, I'm, I'm waiting a year, pretty much. And where's this review the Oculus? I think he gave it high 70s on the site. Mm. Um, you can read that at PCGamer.com. But like I, I uh, it's it's not a slam dunk enough for me to commit yet. Also, I'm going to need a better PC, and I want to wait a year till some new Nvidia graphics cards before before that's the case. What about you guys? Yeah, I think if you want to go in now and get a taste of something, the first steps of something to be you know to enjoy the awakening of VR, then it's worth getting into now but if you want vr if you want to come into vr and it's a fully formed thing with great games and it, it's established and proven itself as as a bit of tech wait a year so i think yeah that there's there's two options there and i think i, I if i had the money i might go in now mm. just to be just to enjoy being caught on the wave of a new technology but i think if you wait a year and save up for one yeah, I mean, you're going to come in with better games and 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 changes to the firmware that will make it work better and stuff like that. So The technology is only going to get better and cheaper. So yeah. like, you're never going to have done the wrong thing if you decide to wait because all the games that are there now will still be there. You know, yeah. it's, It makes sense. Like I'm waiting mostly because every time I've used VR at a press trip, I felt really queasy afterwards. So I don't want to spend... 500 however many pounds on a thing that makes me sick reliably yeah yeah, yeah fair enough I can, no I, mean, I can do that much cheaper with alcohol I want to <laughs> wait as well I want to wait a year to see what inevitably um, harrowing health effects VR has on you <laughs> how it destroys your eyes and mind yeah because yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure having you know they always said you know don't sit right up at the TV now we're literally gluing a television right into our eyes yeah makes you think of that Simpsons episode set in the future where Ned Flanders had laser surgery and now he's blind you know <laughs> uh, oh yeah it turned out everyone went blind 10 years later like uh, I was a bit of yeah. panic about that I'm just I'm, I'm wondering if it would be like the Romans you know when they found out that they were all going mad because they made the water pipes out of lead I wonder if VR's gonna, in a year they're going to say actually um, putting a screen right against your eyes for hours at a time is really bad for you <laughs> Okay, or there'll be like maybe there'll be some like I'm I'm getting a bit um a bit cyberpunk uh, <laughs> sci-fi here, but what if there's like some what if after a year of heavy VR use there's some weird like 
um, disassociative problems where you can't determine what what's real and what's VR, and it's poisoned your mind. So that's why I'm, that's why I'm waiting a year. <laughs> that's a sobering uh, sobering lesson there from Andy. Uh, wait a year, otherwise from Andy, you might be in a cyberpunk novel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. All right, cool. Um, what should big companies like EA, UB, and Activision do to regain? Uh, it says thrust, but I'm going to say trust. Regain uh, their thrust on the PC market. Um, I think the key thing is. Well, actually, I don't really have a problem with any of those companies. Yeah, um I mean, like Unity was a disaster, but I've played a lot of Syndicate and a lot of Division. They've run absolutely fine. I must admit that this does read a bit like a uh, just like a disgruntled. Uh, I hate these companies generally. Sort of tweet. Yeah. Um, and like I, uh, all those companies have done things that aren't great at some time or another in their long life. Yeah. Um, which probably applies to every publisher. Uh, yeah, every publisher. I think EA are generally pretty good these days. Joe, you know, one the one thing I, I can't tell anymore. One thing I was a bit disappointed by actually is I can't get Mirror's Edge working on Windows 10. Okay. And they don't offer very good advice for how you get that working. So like uh there's part of me that worries they've sort of left those games. It seems to like, as the owners of a digital store, they should probably be doing better at that sort of stuff. Like yeah. they sell things like Bulletstorm, which is really hard to get working these days, mm. and um, like all of their old games, which they still sell on Origin. Most of them will not work in multiplayer because of the GameSpy shutdown. Was it yeah. GameSpy? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's like, well, as as a as not just a publisher, a large publisher, but as a retailer who is still making money off this stuff on your own store, maybe you should find a solution to these things. Yeah, well, like we'll maybe say maybe that's on you. Yeah, I think so. There's more they could be doing there. I say on the Ubisoft front, I'm actually quite impressed with the new UPlay. Like, uh, I'd, yeah, e- I'd even say it's got slightly nicer UI than, nice than Steam's than default. Steam, yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. It's quite nice. Don't know about the store stuff. I would probably, I would never buy through the store on UPlay. I'd always buy through Steam. Uh, yeah. I think that uh, part of the problem there is because they still sell it through Steam, and because it's the best, the easiest way to actually buy the games. It's a little galling to have to launch an app and then launch UPlay when you're launching a game through Steam to yeah. launch another thing. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of an annoying user experience but i don't think that's necessarily a trust thing though and like i don't know uh, i don't think it's true um, but like i don't was it ubisoft no actually no it's origin i've had the most problems connecting with people on mm. ubisoft like actually connecting with i think that's a lot better now but i remember when titanfall came out we just tried to get into a game together to stream it and yeah. literally couldn't because yeah. origin just wasn't having any of it yeah i think the, of the companies mentioned in that question maybe like the one i think has to maybe earn a bit of trust back is warner WB Games after the Arkham, yeah, after dropping Arkham as well, and leaving the Mortal Kombat, the Mortal Kombat DLC. DLC as well. Yeah, I kind think... of suggest they are backing away from PC a bit, maybe. So yeah, I think if if anyone has to put the cap in their hand a little bit and go, please forgive me, it might be them. Yeah, yeah so I, that, I think... that, um, I've been playing Arkham Knight recently, actually. And that that it's not it doesn't feel a million miles away from being the best version. It's a really nice looking game, just with a it's just a stuttering. Yeah. Like if they could sort that out, it would be. Bang on the best version. Yeah, um, it's playable. Like, yeah, the, the yeah. latest patch has fixed a lot, but it's still not like you can tell they've just went right. That's the best we can do. We'll just yeah. back, up, back yeah. away now. It's pretty well optimized now as well. I think like it runs really nicely on my seven eighty. But uh, I don't know. Of that list, Activision do seem like the most, the biggest non-event on PC right now. Like, no Destiny, you know. Yeah, No Destiny. Call of Duty is just a thing that happens. Um, but beyond Call of Duty, what have they got going? Yeah, I, I guess Blizzard is what yeah. they've got going. I don't even know if um, Call of Duty runs well on PC these days. I've not played one I for about five years. I'm no. more than that even. Yeah. Black, uh, Modern Warfare 3 was the last one I played. Yeah. They, they continue to get 60s and 70s. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
I um, guess they're fine. I'm sure this year's will be no different. Who's apparently set on set on the moon or whatever it is. Um, so that'll be Yay. good. Okay, cool. Um, given my grand and growing backlog of shame, should mm. I be spending five minutes on each game or neglect the majority? That's some Houdat tweeter, which I assume yeah. is a reference to Houdat Ninja from Thirty Rock, which is an excellent Tracy uh. Jordan joke. But um, yeah, I uh, I I think you should. Um, you got to pick your battles with your Steam library. That's how I feel. Yeah. What do you guys reckon? I'm in a constant war with my with myself about what I should be playing and what and games I've neglected games I, I've, I've probably spent like hundreds of pounds easily on games that I've either played for an hour and never gone back to or just not played in it it's, I'm all forever looking when I've got free time to sit and play a game I'm always looking for my Steam library and going look at all these games I should play these but I don't I, know, I don't I, I can't bring myself to do it so yeah the, the, my, my pile of shame really is a pile of shame I remember I even set up an elaborate spreadsheet document to try and Go through them um, methodically, but I've got five hundred and twenty odd games on my library. It's not going to happen. There's no time. No, I, so. I I've uh, it's interesting because yeah, what you mentioned about managing a Steam library, I spend most of my time doing that, as I'm sure maybe Phil you do too. Like, uh, um, not so much anymore. Like, I almost I did start making a spreadsheet once and started categorizing things, and I was like, okay, we're really gonna get on top of this. And then I just realized oh, maybe it's not the end of the world if I never play Fear Three. Like yeah. maybe that's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you bought it for you know four quid. Yeah, I bought it for four quid. It's a Steam sale, and it's maybe that. like <laughs> maybe my life won't be poorer for not having played that. The, the, um, the harder ones are that two um, two like two examples. Uh, recent Andy Kelly recommendations. I bought uh, Read Only Memory and right. um, Else Heartbreak on mm. uh, on Steam, and I I don't think I'm ever going to get time to play either. Which yeah. is they're right there, but I just I don't know why I've got Rise of the Tomb Raider, The Witcher, like XCOM Two, like I've not touched yeah. any of those. Yeah, like, I love Freedom Only Memories, but I stopped playing it about six hours in, and I just like I just can't bring myself to. I feel like the boat has sailed a bit, mm-hmm. even though I want I want to keep playing it. Something inside me wants to keep playing it. It's just yeah, like you said, there's too many other games vying for your attention. Mm-hmm. I do like keep I do keep a list of games that I should play, and Else Heartbreak is definitely in there. Like that's a game that really like the look of and. It will sit in that list until I play it or I die. Telltale games too, I've got a lot of Yeah, a lot of those. Um, I find I'm a lot more um, harsh with games that I play now, like in my free time. uh, If it's a new indie game or something like that, even a a new big publisher game, I'll give it... I will give it five minutes and if if there's anything that I'm not, like, particularly on board with or if it just doesn't grab me... Mm. like. This is a problem with indie games, especially if if I find the aesthetic particularly ugly, I'll just bail. It's like I, I do not have enough time in my life to look at bad yeah, art. I'm like that. I'm like <laughs> yeah, that as like, well. I'm definitely like that. Only the most beautiful things are coming through these eyeballs. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's why I choose to spend my time in this room. Yeah, I think we've all got with issues people. then. With uh, I think occasionally I sort of have to step back and go right. Just just think about. Just do what you want. Don't feel like you have. There's yeah. a sense of yeah. duty. Like so you have a sense of duty to your Steam library to to give everything a fair chance. Just play what you want to play. But. Yeah, I, I've I, I've also instigated a policy where I won't buy a game till I've finished a game. Like, uh, and that yeah, I've st- I've stuck by that, that for about. I'd say I just bought Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition for three pounds seventy four. Actually, that's an ex- an exception. Yeah, that's, but like, that's like eighty have, hours of yeah, hard role playing. You can't buy another game until you finish that. <laughs> no, and yeah. Well, it's surely fucked it, because that's a difficult game to yeah, play. And as a well. long, long, long game. It's more a rule of any game I finish, <laughs> okay. I can then buy yeah. a new one. I quite like, like that rule. It gives it a little bit of it's all right, but I think, order. I think yeah, some yeah. games do not deserve to be completed. Like, they do not earn it. Like, they, maybe they deserve to be played two hours until you sort of think, 
yeah, I've, well, I've yeah. played enough of that. I guess to the degree that you could say, I've played this enough, like Andy, you yeah. played The Division for 26 hours. Yeah, I'll never and then play signed it again. off. Yeah. yeah, just like I've, I've seen everything this game has to offer. You know, yeah. To, for my personal, you know, maybe I haven't, but personally, I feel like I have. So mm. I was like, I got, I got that entertainment out of it. Yeah, I'm yeah. done. Which is how I might feel with something like XCOM 2, actually. Like, uh, I could pro- even if I fail a campaign, I might still feel like I've played that enough and then yeah. move on. You know? I never finished a campaign in XCOM 2, but I got 11 hours of fun out of it and I'll never touch it again. Like, yeah. I feel like, even though I've not finished a campaign, I don't I feel comfortable with my choice to go, yeah, yeah I've, I've got fun out of it. I can move on. Yeah, I think that we've got any advice, it's just know when to move on. And don't <laughs> feel bad about, you know, Deciding to emulate Time Splitters 2 and that being your weekend. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. Sam. You shouldn't um, feel bad about it. You should embrace that. I like how Unless we, it was uh, illegal, in which case you should definitely feel bad about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we consulted with a, a team of elite lawyers and they said that if you say allegedly after anything, <laughs> that it clears you of all wrongdoing. That's literally how two years of me being news editor works. <laughs> Well, yeah. So, mm, well, you know, sometimes, sometimes a person allegedly might really want to play the damn level in Time Splits too, and then, and then, you know, what's the easiest option? Go buy it brand new. You can't, you know. So, you go kind of wait for Homefront: The Revolution to come out, which will have those two levels built in, or just play it using PCSX, a PCSX two, allegedly. Allegedly. Anyway, but no, I, I should say that is a good rule of thumb though. Just, just um, follow your instincts. Like when Batman versus Superman came out, I just really wanted to play Arkham Knight. And so that's what I did for like a day, and like uh, that's how I used to play games. But yeah. the age of Steam, you just have this hoarding mentality. You have got to get over that a bit. I think the age of Steam really wasn't that. that we've a also really got thief to get... game. Hmm? No, I thought you said the age of Steam. I thought that was isn't that the name of the game? <laughs> that's the, isn't, like that's a... the Metal Age. Oh, I was <laughs> yeah, the, the Metal Age. Thief the Steam Age. <laughs> cool. All right. So our next um, question is: uh, um, How about why Windows 10 won't play Rome Total War? but we'll play all of the earlier and later games in the series easily. Thanks, Mark Anthony Boswell. Yeah. Clearly a man who really wants to play Rome Total War. I'd suggest well, just... Um, Mark Anthony, so... Yeah, oh, there you go. Very good. All games have different uh, engines and design different ways, and you, you can't have total compatibility. No, not for everything. But then PC. I, I think that... Um, have you tried running it in compatibility mode for Windows 7 and 8? It's uh, easy enough to do. We can't provide someone with individual tech support when they can't, <laughs> they can't answer for themselves. Yeah, no, try, that's true. always a good rule of thumb, though. Either run as administrator or run in um, XP compatibility mode if it's an old game. Yeah, or, or um, I, I, I would also suggest uh, just tweeting politely to Creative Assembly. They might optimise it for you. Who knows? Um, I'm sure that it means a lot to them to have that on yeah, the like back Yeah, create, create assembly, and they did it at the PC game where weekend run. I've seen a few other things. They're bringing like they bring this stand of ten years of Total War, and it's just like you know ev- they've got every game up on there. I think they're quite invested in the idea of them all working and it there being this collection that still exists. Yes, yeah, so so, they, they might just not know. Yeah, so, <laughs> so tell them, and they maybe might maybe just ask. Um, just maybe just ask. That's good advice. Maybe we isn't could it? ask. Um, so we wanted to talk about this last week on the podcast, but we didn't have enough time because of some something that happened. But um, do you approve of extrajudicial slayings in the division? Do you think this that this is a damaging authoritarian narrative? That's from Dan Griliopoulos, who's a freelancer of ours, and I think he's asking with a bit of a tongue in cheek there. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, my so, my thought is you should just shoot these guys in the head, and the problem is sorted right there and then. <laughs> what do you think, Andy? Well, it's a it's a it's a hot potato. <laughs> It's, it's a, it's yeah. a, it is a Tom Clancy game. Like yeah. um, I don't I don't go there for like yeah. uh, you know rank liberalism. You know? No, no, no. they're all they're all jingoistic blank fantasies, aren't they? Comforting really? right wing yeah. militia. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to see a guy get shot on the head, Sometimes and that's you, really you know got to appreciate an AK forty seven for the craftsmanship it provides. Yeah. To me, what defeats this whole uh, discussion is that if you approach one of these people 
that sounds bad. One of these looters, <laughs> they they will pull a gun out and try and kill you. So then you can then kill them. I mean, that's it. You, you can sneak up on them and you shoot can them. Sneak up them. But you know that. <laughs> but you know that in the logic of the game, they are programmed to shoot you if they if they because, see you. So because in the fiction of the division, the magic the magic AR thing that you're wearing tells you that you could just murder those things. Yeah. And, there, and there are civilians. There are civilians you can't murder. So like, um, yeah. it's one of those things where like, <laughs> yeah, this is a world where you literally can't kill the good people. It's yeah. uh, it's a computer game, so it's fine. You know, that's it really. Like um, like Andy says, you've uh, you're taking out the logic of the world, in which case. You know, behaving like that is completely fine. Would I say do that in the real world? Definitely not. No, no that's a bad idea. And the game is the, the game is so clumsy. Like any any message it attempts to have is handled so clumsily. It's one of the that's, that it's one of the true. bluntest, like least sort of politically sensitive or interesting games ever made. Like, but <laughs> it's not. You know, I don't think it's trying like, to be too. The most basic yeah. things don't make sense. Like the way that looters will not loot supply drops; they'll shoot them. They will try to shoot them to death. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, there's a, a massive package They've of like life-giving bars. supplies. Yeah, there's like full of food <laughs> and what. And you go, we're just going to stand here and shoot that till a division agent turns up. Because <laughs> we are looters. <laughs> yeah. so the one word of our description is completely <laughs> inaccurate in this instance. It's funny because like reverse uh, looters. Y- Ubisoft yeah. makes some of the most amazing kind of worlds and uh, you know quite sophisticated systems-driven games, but they. They definitely have the kind of like weirdest leaps in logic when it comes yeah. to sort of like game stuff, like uh, the owl, the binoculars, mm. the bee grenade in Far Cry Primal. Um, you know, and numerous things in Assassin's Creed that are completely daft. And, oh, yeah. and you, now this, you know. You could say that tonally, like the owl in Far Cry is just ridiculous. So it's ridiculous. It's daft. It's yeah. it's a very silly and daft. But it's thing. brilliant. It's well, actually one of the best things in the Far Cry series. But it's stupid. I'm actually looking to seeing how. But but daft things can be fun. Whereas like I think the division yeah. is so self serious that it's it's not daft as much. It's just really stupid. Yeah. It's, well, it's not like, like it's this. not fully. I wrote a, a opinion, a hot take about this on the website that it's it, it's half self serious and that it creates these uh, haunting scenes of body mm. bags piled up in metro stations and you know ambulances turned over on the side like haunting post apocalyptic imagery <laughs> then all the characters have the stupid zany personalities like a guy literally talking like fat Tony from the Simpsons <laughs> <laughs> talking about turning people into carbonara and all that I think I talked about this in the other podcast but it's like weird that it's half um, serious yeah. 28 days later and half like some sort of rubbish comedy yeah. zombie sitcom like really broad bad character writing rather yeah. than like an attempt to lighten what is what could be quite a harrowing story. It's just yeah. weird. It, it does, yeah. Like the moments it picks to be serious. Like you know that opening cutscene where you see what is a deliberate mislead of like, oh, here's the dad and the mum. Oh yeah. Oh, and oh, guess what? It turns out it's the mum who's actually in the yeah, division, and yeah. her watch goes the off. It's like, out, yeah. it's like, yeah, all right, we get, oh, yeah, very, very good. And then, <laughs> and then, um, oh yeah, SJWs. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was more just like uh, it was the mislead. Like you, like, yeah. like you needed to do that. That was. A bit, uh, yeah. a little bit embarrassing. Yeah, it's a, it's like a, a, t- a tonal, oh. absolute mess for game. But I don't think that. I think that it's to to quote the question where it said, "Do you think it's damaging the authoritarian narrative?" I don't think. Yeah, it's not like it's maybe some. Do you think any kids are going to play the division and think that 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 being on a being a, a legally sanctioned right wing killing machine is cool and good yeah only the really dumb ones who who, who would have thought that, <laughs> anyway? Thought that anyway yeah um like, so, yeah. I, yeah it's almost like a sense of worrying about the the damaging extrajudicial slayings is is kind of it forgives it of so many other problems like there are so many tonal problems above and beyond this 
core there that it's quite hard to get to. It's within their judition not to kill people because they're division agents. So they're, it's not. They're not, yeah. they're not a real organization. Also, they also, have no authority. The government also, aren't they a government thing though. Yeah, oh, they are. That, that's not an excuse. They're a government thing. They're, they're a government, government thing. They, the just ha- they just happen to wear hoodies and like beanie caps. You know? yeah. The government okay. isn't allowed to. Oh my! We're they decide the, if they I, decide <laughs> the laws though. Then they've they've said within the laws of this have, have, country. Is there any moment in the fine. division where a bit where where, some, where Congress passes a bill saying <laughs> these people? Do we ever see that, Andy? Yeah, but we know we know we all know that Congress. Yeah, they're just a bunch of useless lackeys. You've just got to take control. <laughs> yeah, with. Guns. That's that's what Tom Clancy novels have a kind of jingoistic streak to them, don't they? Yeah, and I, th- I, I and I must admit, as someone who you know who's like you know boringly liberal, like um, I I quite enjoy that about the Clancy games. Like if they were just really sort of conscious of that stuff, like oh, what does it all mean? Then I don't necessarily think that would be more fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would be like uh, Vincent Donforio's character in Jurassic World. You just got to get rid of the the mealy mouthed you know, process obsessed uh, people in charge and just take and tra- and train some velociraptors to, <laughs> <laughs> to 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 behave like dogs yeah. and then get your arm bitten off by one. Well, apart that's from a, apart from all that film. stuff, that's a spoiler, by the way. <laughs> it's such a bad film. No, I've, spo- I've spoiled I've spoiled nothing for these people. I watched, Don't it, watch I watched it last night for the first time and really liked it. But that's for another podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I hope that answers your question, Dan. I, I doubt he's even listening to this, but yeah, uh, I might tell him we've li- we've answered it just so uh, he can listen to our, our highly informed answer. Um, do you believe that ease of entry for bedroom developers dilutes the PC market and makes it less optimal for big developers? I don't think that's the case at all. Nah. Like, um, you'd have those games anyway, and this just means you get more choice on uh, on Steam. Yeah. And like, what what's bad about making it democratic and uh, easy? To I mean, it's good to have a mix, isn't it? Like, sometimes you want a big budget polished game. Sometimes you want something a bit scrappy and interesting. Yeah. I'm not sure it's ever been the case that like indie games and and certainly one man indie games have ever sort of put off AAA. I mean. The the publisher model is such this like big, clunking machine that I don't think they're even aware of what's happening in the indie space particularly. No, like you know, you're told months ahead of time you need to, you know, years ahead of time. Okay, you're making this, and then so much money goes into it that it's just it's an inevitability that the thing will happen. Yeah. All right then. So no big deal on that one then. So well, there you go, Tom Popeye. That's how that's how we feel about good. it. Yes, indeed. Um, are there not? Uh, sorry, I just didn't answer the, ask the question properly. There are there any turn-based space combat games like the tabletop X-wing miniatures for the PC? If not, why not? I don't think there are, but there there are games with similarities. Like um, I'd say that uh, in some XCOM has got some similarities to X-wing in terms of like uh, percentage of hitting depending on uh, your vision cone, how close you are to enemies, stuff like that. Um, so you're not you're not badly served for games that incorporate a lot of those elements. Mm. Um, it would be quite nice to see yeah, X-wing why, itself come to PC. Why isn't there a space one? Why haven't they just made X-wing the PC game? Oh uh, yeah, I don't know actually. Like it would be a really simple PC game, relatively speaking. Uh, actually, that's not true. Um, it would be quite good. Yeah, someone should make that. Has, uh, have they made, what's that? Because there's, there's that board game game that's just like a, a simulator for board games. I can't what tabletop what simulator? Is that what we it, can it, flip my, the table over. Is that, that is that the one where people have basically made every board game as a mod on the Steam Workshop that you might just be. download yeah. regardless of copyright? <laughs> yeah, it might because be. Because if that's the case, someone's probably made X-Wing. Yeah, yeah I might check that out. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, It would be cool to see, if not an official version, where I mean, maybe you get some nice animations and stuff, because the game does a good job of mimicking the dogfights. It does seem to have like, some pretty, yeah, solid turn-based systems. So. Oh, it's exhausting, though. 
It's uh, it's like 50 minutes a game. It does tire you out. Would it, would it be less exhausting if you were playing it as part of a campaign or something? Like, in a smoother PC experience and you weren't playing against Chris Thurston? <laughs> no, no, it's... Uh, it's yeah, potentially. But um, it's a nice idea for a game and it probably should happen anyway. You can si you can simulate uh, like a, a, a version of it against the AI on uh, some third-party websites. But, yeah, you'd want to see like some shiny-looking X-Wings, really, wouldn't you? But, uh, yes, hopefully that answers your question. Okay, our last question is uh, from a guy whose name I didn't write down because I'm a bad person. Uh, with news of a PS4 4.5, I think that's still rumor at the moment, do you think consoles are dying off or will the next gen step it up to a more comparative level? I found um, I kind of include this because I thought the idea of a, like modular consoles is, is a it's a weird notion having one console that's more powerful than another because at that point it's like why are you not just getting a PC? That's how yeah, I reacted to like that. Consoles seem to have their place, but that place is okay. I'm going to buy into a very sort of fixed experience. Mm. So I'm buying into this, literally this generation, the, this five to ten year period where, you know, I know easily that everything's going to work and there's not going to be any problem. But <coughs> no, there will be problems with frame rates, but there shouldn't be any problems with frame rates and stuff like that. You know, it, it should it should be a cis, you know, a flat even curve between me and any competitors or whatever yeah that's what it seems what consoles are good at so if they then say oh no you've got this one and you have to get this one otherwise you'll only run this game at x frames or this resolution you yeah have to get the real experience you need like to upgrade it's like yeah you're really better off being in the pc ecosystem at that point yeah which is what i thought about that uh new 3ds that came out last year actually where um you could only you can only play snes games on the on the 3ds they released three years after the other one yeah or um or, or xenoblade chronicles like Consoles shouldn't be doing that. That's not yeah. their area. That simplicity is what a console is for, and playing Netflix. That's Nintendo did it with um, the N64 a million years ago. Remember, you could buy the pack. The expansion pack, the RAM yeah. The expansion pack, which... I remember, that, that was like 30 quid, though, wasn't it? Yeah, and yeah. You, need, you needed it to play, like, Donkey Kong Country or something. Perfect like Dark, that. yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, like, so it's already been experimented with. But, yeah, I think... I like the idea of, like... Because upgrading a PC requires a bit of knowledge of where, where to screw things in. Whereas if you buy an upgrade for your console and it's just a little plastic box that you slot in mm. to a slot, and there's no setup or anything, I can kind of see that working. It still offers more convenience over guess, like, unscrewing and, and, and you know, playing cards and drivers yeah, and all that. 32X style, yeah. A plastic thing you slot in is one thing. But, yeah. like, would the PlayStation 4.5 be that? Wouldn't yeah, it just be just a, new a new PlayStation? And if you've got the old PlayStation, well, yeah. you can go fuck yourself. Because it, yeah. it has to output a 4K resolution. I think it might just be a case of, like, they release it and it's better. it offers a better VR experience because it's got higher graphical yeah. capabilities. And it um, it will let you uh, it'll upscale your games to run at uh, 4K, and then maybe that could be optional support from developers. Either way, though, just get a PC in that case. Oh, that, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a weird thing. I I don't really know why Con Phil Spencer was talking a bit about this, and he's kind of he's backed off of it. Yeah, maybe like, like, they, they they sort of obliquely taught us about that sort of thing at the um, Xbox Spring Showcase, but yeah, the, the details aren't entirely clear, and he does seem to have kind of backpedaled a bit, but. Sony do seem to be pushing towards it, maybe, and it just seems such a bad idea. Yeah, incremental consoles for like, uh, you know, like when you got a PC that has a completely open ecosystem. I don't, I don't see what the benefit is there. You're you're going against the USP of a console. Like, I get the <clears> idea of, you know, okay, so the slimline come of, yeah, slimline PS2 comes out. It's a better form factor. It's slightly cheaper or whatever. I mean, that's just going to happen because of the way technology works and the way that the companies eventually need to reduce like the cost of each individual unit. But they, they're still the same sort of power level. Like they're still 
good drill in there. <laughs> yeah, solid drilling. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> PS4, some stuff. Some stuff, like, you know, there's, there's still... Good drilling. More, more good drilling. <laughs> Strong drill game. It's yeah. like lunchtime, why... why? Why don't you stop drilling? Go get a sandwich. sandwich. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Should we wrap it up there? <laughs> well, we can wrap it up. Should we wrap it up? Okay, cool. And uh, with those extended reader questions, uh, that is the yeah. end of another podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Um, if you want to subscribe on iTunes, do. And uh, if you want to leave us a review, even better. That uh, just helps more people discover the podcast, um, which we don't necessarily need, but it just seems like a nice thing because it's uh, maybe a little community like it. going, you know. Yeah, um, nice. yeah it's, uh, it's certainly growing uh, every single week, which is really nice. And uh, we're very grateful to have you listening. And uh, yeah. We'll be back next week, but in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm uh, at Samuel W. Roberts. Uh, I'm at Octader, O-C-T-A-E-D-E-R. And I'm at, at Ultra Brilliant. I wonder what the driller's twiddle handle is. Do you think we could <laughs> go ask him? Drill Savage, surely. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Or um, at Drill. At, yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah very, very good. Um, <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you. We'll be back without the drills next week. if they can hear it oh that was a really loud one <laughs> what do we do what do we do i mean sometimes you just got to accept the drill yeah <laughs>